I got to choose, as Maddie said, uh, my own psalm. And uh, typical worship leader that I am, uh, I went for Psalm 117. Um, Let me read it to you. It says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Psalm 117, verses 1 and 2. And it's only two verses. And I thought, wonderful. I'll just zip through this, and I'll talk about worship for 20 minutes. And uh, as we know, if you've ever done a sermon before, God won't let you get away with that. Um, So I have wrestled with these two verses um, over the last week and a half, um, just trying to, um, well, figure out and discern um, what is it that God wants us to to learn tonight? What is it that he wants us to uh, meditate on? And um, yeah, I hope that this sticks in your heart if it's from God and if it's not of God and if it's just me rambling, then let it pass away. But um, that's, that's the joy of preaching is that we present something, we come and learn and we, we read the word together. So um, if you have a Bible or the Bible on your phone, I just encourage you to have it open during this so you can glance down as I refer to different stuff and it's on screen. Awesome. Um, so this might not be what you expect, um, but sometimes when we read a psalm like this, we're like, awesome, like God is amazing, hallelujah, isn't he great? And sometimes we read it and we go, ah, I wish I could feel that, I wish I could really feel that in my bones. Um, sometimes we read psalms like this and we just don't feel it. Um, but what I want to do is just unpack this a little bit. And just maybe share a few things that I've learned um, that relate to this psalm and um, kind of introduce you to how I've interpreted this. Um, Yeah. It's hot, isn't it? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to wear my denim shirt. I've got a very nice denim shirt that um, Zoe bought for me. Um, But it's too hot to wear it. And let me tell you a story about the denim shirt. Um, I was at a youth leader conference uh, last year, and I was there in my denim shirt and some nice smart chinos. And uh, as you know, or may have noticed, denim shirts are in at the moment. And um, there were many denim shirts around the place. Um, but my wonder and amazement um, happened when a good friend I hadn't seen in a long time, uh, we were just talking, and he said, are you speaking? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, you look like a speaker. It's like, oh, do I? And then I noticed all the speakers on the stage are wearing denim shirts and chinos, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I do. Um, so I'm not wearing my denim shirt, but um, hopefully I'll make a good speaker. So here we go. So I'm going to kick off um, just with a little bit about this psalm, which you may not know. Did you know? This is the shortest of the psalms and the shortest chapter in the entire Bible. Did you know? We don't really know when it was written or by whom. Some people think it was written after the return from captivity in Babylon around 536 BC when the Israelites were rebuilding the temple, which was an important milestone in Jewish history. Did you know? Jesus and his disciples probably sang this psalm together, and it's uh, sung quite a lot in the Jewish community. It's part of a series of psalms called the Halal, which are typically recited during Jewish festivals like the Passover as an act of praise and thanksgiving. Did you know? Some Jewish scholars confess that all peoples in this psalm is referring to the kingdom of God post-Messiah when Jesus brought the Gentiles into the inheritance of God. Did you know? 
Paul quotes this psalm in Romans chapter 15 in order to demonstrate that everything written in the past is there to teach us and give us hope. He also uses it to challenge the Jews and Gentiles to accept one another, countering some of the tensions that people were feeling at that time. So if you didn't know much about the psalm, you do now. Um, but yeah, let's come back to uh, this, this amazing psalm. It's quite cool because it is just two verses. And there's a surprising amount of depth in this when I started to unpack it. I thought two verses, easy peasy, but no. Um, it's broken into two sections. The first section, if you go to the next slide, Zoe. Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples. This is a command, praise the Lord. You know the phrase, hallelujah? That's from two parts. Um, the first bit, hallel, meaning praise. The second part, yah, hallelujah, which means praise Yahweh. Um, for short. So, praise the Lord is just saying, hallelujah, all nations, extol him, all peoples. Second verse is the reason why we should praise God. So, great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been a few times in my life where I've read a psalm or sung a song where it's talking about praising God. I'm not in that place. It's a difficult place to be. It's kind of awkward when you're in church and uh, everyone's going for it. Or you might feel like a bit you know, of self-comparison happening and there's a one person in the back at the corner just going, yeah, hallelujah. And you're just sat there going, I'm really, I'm really not feeling it right now. And there's been other times um, when I really have been able to say, yeah, I'm praising God, I'm going for it. Um, but... It's interesting because in both of those circumstances, um, we're often focusing on ourselves. And I'm going to help us to just unpack a little bit about how we can shift from one place to another in those moments um, later on. So coming back to some of the words in this verse quickly. Um, praise is just to give glory, to ascribe worth, to really... Um, Admonish something or someone. Extol means to praise enthusiastically. Um, it's literally like going for it. And then steadfast. These are just the three words that stood out for me in this. Uh, means unwavering, um, ever continual, uh, resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering is the dictionary definition. I just found these words interesting. Um, they stood out for me um, and I think they're helpful when we look at this verse, and they provide some of the depth that we see behind it. What I want to focus on tonight is, is really about the fourth word in here that I haven't highlighted really helpfully, which is just faithfulness. Um, and I think these three words really contribute to understanding faithfulness, and they lead us back, if you notice, the last sentence is the repeat of the first um, just praise the Lord. And this is kind of like a one-two in football. Um, you pass it to your mate, and you say one-two, and he passes it back. Um, this is kind of what's happening here. Um, we've got a command, and then a reason, and a command at the end. And for me, um, just a really important part of, of learning to praise God has been the faithfulness of God. Um, yeah, there's a quote from J. Hudson Taylor, 
famous missionary to China. He said, all of God's greats have been weak men or women who did great exploits for God because they reckoned on his being faithful. And if you know anything about Hudson Taylor, he took a massive risk going to China when um, going to China with a Bible in your hand was a very risky thing to do. And so often I find myself in a place where I'm having to remember God's faithfulness in order to come back to that place of praise um, because I'm not feeling the praise the Lord. You know, I think this verse helps us to actually consider what it means to, um, to come into that place of praise, to come into a place of worship that really is enthusiastic, where we really can extol the Lord. Um, sometimes when we're not feeling it, we might be overwhelmed by the things happening to us at work or school or at home or the things happening on the news. I don't know about you, but when I read the news and I just get, you know, when you go on a rabbit trail and you start going, oh, well, all the world news I've missed, um, sometimes that can be quite overwhelming and it can be quite depressing actually seeing the amount of bad stuff going on in the news. And then you get the last silly story at the end, which is like, here's something fun that happened. And um, it kind of cheers you up. But um, I found that quite overwhelming a lot of the time. We might be feeling distant from God. Um, he's not answering a prayer that we prayed continually. Or he's just not speaking to us. Or we just feel distant. And actually, we're not, we're not interacting with him much. Or we might be feeling shameful about something we've done. When we're in that negative place, it's really hard because you have to dig deep and you have to really um, go into you know, something. You have to find something that you can latch onto to get back to that place, to restore your joy and restore your you know, enthusiastic um, spirit for, for worshipping God. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story about, about me and my background. Um, I grew up with a father who has uh, many mental health problems. And um, when I was about 12, it started getting progressively worse. Um, at first, it was just uh, dad had seizures. And we all just thought it was uh, epilepsy. But then whenever he stopped having seizures at certain times in the month, which is a bit weird, he just started going a bit crazy and doing things that we didn't like, um, getting really angry. Uh, being confusing, being really hyper-religious. And that was really difficult for me as a teenager. Um, growing up in a Christian home uh, with a mum and dad trying to run a carpet shop. And um, my dad's just not himself. You know, That was really difficult, confusing. Um, it was like a roller coaster ride, if I'm honest. Sometimes I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm doing great, this is okay, I can deal with this. And other times I'd be like, why, Lord, why? And I would dip into the, the lament of, uh, of life, um, just questioning why everything's happened um, to me and why my family, why my dad. Um, and I watched my parents struggle for a long time like this, and they still are struggling. Um, and it's taught me to really appreciate who God is, the very nature of God. Um, it's a difficult thing to grow up with. It's a difficult thing to, to share in, in a sermon. Um, but I've learned to just trust that God knows what he's doing. That this, he, this, this problem in my dad's life isn't, it's not his portion. It's not what, what was intended for him by God. Um, and at the same time, I've just got to keep trusting him and, and hoping in him um, and trusting God's sovereignty 
over that. So there's been a real challenge living that out as a Christian. Um, and I'll never know why my dad's had this, um, but I've chosen to trust God's faithfulness. Um, one big thing I've learned is that if we, if we turn inside ourselves and focus on our own needs, um, we'll never be satisfied with God. We'll never be satisfied with him. Um, because that's not why God exists. That's not why he created us, to make us happy. He loves it when we are happy, and we love being happy. But we'll never be satisfied if that's our primary focus. If we remind ourselves of God's love and faithfulness, every time I did that, I got a deep sense of contentment just being part of a bigger story. You know, who am I being shaped to be? What legacy might I leave that's different from the, the, the father I had? How can I be a father to my children with the good health that I have? You know, there's so many different little things that I can pick up from that story um, in my life. And it's, it's really taught me to, to praise God when times are hard. Um, yeah, there's another quick story. Um, I'm in my second job from uni, and the job that I'm doing now is much more fulfilling, and I work four days a week, not five, and I'm paid the same money, which is wonderful. Um, but the job I was doing before was quite hard, and it was my first job out of uni. No one taught me how to manage my time. No one taught me how to manage my uh, budget. Um, I had very little work experience. Um, it was all sort of transferable from voluntary things I was doing in church. Um, and I'm very grateful for the people that took me on in my first job, uh, no doubt. Uh, but it was a hard time. That was another roller coaster time where I wanted to marry my wife, Zoe. I had to move from Hereford to London, which was very scary for a country boy. Um, I had to find a job um, to, in order to, to make all that happen. And uh, God was faithful. He got me a job in London. It was incredible how it just came together. Um, but then I spent three years doing this job that I never thought I would do. I went from having a degree in theology to uh, working in marketing and design, try applying some skills from there. Um, and I spent three years, yeah, just going up and down, up and down, being like, why am I here, God? Um, what am I learning? What am I going to be using this for? What is the point? Um, I just want a job where I feel like I can serve you and I feel fulfilled and I'm not tired all the time. And the job I'm doing now, I'm combining theology with marketing and design. How amazing is that? Um, and you, you just never know as well um, where God is leading you from the place that you're in to the place where you're going. Um, and I've learned, I learned on that journey to really just dig deep and, and go through the mud, go through the, the quagmire, the bits where it feels like it's sucking you down. Um, and you've just got to keep going. You've just got to do life. And you've got to get on with it. And you've got to trust God. And sometimes, I think, he puts us in those places to teach us how to do that, to teach us how to trust him. We see examples in other people's lives in the Bible, like Job, like David, flat on his face, made the worst mistake ever, you know, came back to the Lord. Um, and God allows us to, to go into those situations, to teach us, to grow us, to stretch us. And it's all because um, when we come out the other side, we see his faithfulness and his steadfast love towards us. And that's really something that, that I learned through, through that. Um, I think it's really easy in this day and age to forget about God. It's a kind of a big statement. Um, I think it's really easy to forget what he did on the cross for us. We numb ourselves in this age of entertainment and we 
kind of skim over and just get through the week without comprehending him sometimes. And I'm completely guilty of that. Um, binging on Netflix, no problem. Um, and there were times in that journey for me, through my work journey, uh, just learning when to come back to God and learning, recognizing within myself, I need the Lord in my life and I'm not, I'm not allowing him in. Um, so my question to you tonight is, where are you worshiping God in your life? Where are you acknowledging his faithfulness? Because this psalm gives us a great command. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. It's not just saying lift God up. It's saying you need to do this enthusiastically with your whole heart. For great is his steadfast love towards us. It's reminding us of who God is and what he's done. The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever, not just through where we've been, but eternally. You know, where we're going, we know that God's going to be faithful to us. We have a great hope. Praise the Lord. So if you're not in that place of, of praise tonight, if you're in a place of uh, kind of like heat exhaustion, actually, where you're fed up um, and you just want it to be winter again um, or a change of season, but you're in the same place and you don't feel like you can really relate to this or grapple with this or um, go for it, you know. Not everyone worships with a hand in the air. Sometimes it's, it's through reading a book or reading the word. Um, but if you're not really worshiping God in your life at the moment, I just want to challenge you tonight um, to, to stop and consider God's faithfulness to you and see if you can recognize it anywhere tonight that maybe would surprise you or stop you in your tracks and, and turn you in a different direction. Uh, God made us to worship him. He created us to have a relationship with him, to acknowledge his glory and to submit to his will. And it's a beautiful thing. He's crafting this amazing tapestry of stories around the world, human beings which he lovingly made, who come to know him and journey with him and then get to be in eternity with him. But if we go through this world not appreciating the opportunity that we have as Christians both to, to live in this and to tell others, then we're failing to acknowledge his faithfulness to us. And I think it's safe to assume that that's never going to lead us back to a place of praise. If we force ourselves to worship without really digging into what God's done for us or recognizing it in our daily lives, then we're living very shallow, outwardly appearing worshipful lives, but inwardly we're, we're wasting away because we're not depending on the faithfulness of God and the great hope that we have. So I want to challenge you, where are you worshiping God in your life? Where can you worship him more? And I just want to share three things that help me get back to a place of praise when I'm struggling. Um, the first thing is remembering biblical truths. So um, I'm working on reading my Bible more at the moment. Um, I think every Christian can say that, um, but I'm actively trying to like, oh, why don't I just pick it up in the morning and, and read it every single day and just do that. Um, it's surprisingly hard to establish a, a rhythm with the Bible. Um, in the evening, it's Netflix versus Bible. Which one's gonna win? I wonder, um, doing that, every time I, I choose to put down something else and choose to pick up God's word, um, or choose just to go and worship and listen to a worship track, um, which is my next tip, um, 
it centers me, basically. And it brings me back to that place of remembering his faithfulness. Uh, so my second tip is listen to worship songs. Um, as a worship leader, I've noticed that um, people don't really listen to worship songs anymore. Um, you, you hear a lot of conversation around, oh, have you, have you heard that new album? Or, oh, you've got to listen to that. Um, unless you're in a very, very Christian worshipy circle, um, it doesn't feel like everyone listens to worship throughout the week um, anymore, really, if I'm honest. Um, but worship songs really help me center my life back on Jesus. And they bring me back to that place where I, I remember everything God's done for me. Um, it's just so helpful because you can just take it in, because you can just listen to the lyrics. Um, but worship songs aren't worship in themselves. They're songs. Uh, the songs by themselves don't worship God. The beautiful thing about them is it's like fire. Um, the song fuels worship within you. Um, the song is the fuel. You have the fire. And they ignite passion, and they ignite praise, and they ignite adoration as you listen to them. So I just encourage you, um, pick up a worship song album that you haven't listened to and give it a listen. Really soak up the lyrics. Um, and then thankfulness, really, um, is a really easy place to start if you're in a tough place at the moment. Um, just be thankful for the shoes on your feet. That's a really simple prayer that you can pray. Um, and then build it up from there. Thank God for your family. Thank him for the church you're part of. Thank him for your job. There's so many things that we can do. And I found when I'm in that difficult place, uh, starting with the simple things helps me to appreciate other things which I didn't consider before. I thank God for having a healthy soul, for example. Like I'm just well in myself. I'm happy in who I am. Um, you know, you don't acknowledge that every day, do you? Um, but starting small and just, just being thankful and learning to be intentional there can be really helpful. So yeah, if you took this psalm at face value, uh, you might just skim over it and be like, yeah, cool, praise the Lord. Um, but I'm hoping you can see like, there's an amazing amount of depth in here um, that just helps guide us into living a life of praise if we choose to deconstruct it, if we choose to really see what's in these words um, and appreciate everything that God's done for us. So why don't we just take a minute to remember what God's done for us and just consider where he's been faithful in your life. Maybe try and find or pinpoint something that you might not have noticed before in your life. Think of a person in your life who you appreciate or who you haven't appreciated enough. How has God been faithful to you through that person? Think of an opportunity you've had or the job you have. How has God been faithful to you? Think of Jesus on the cross. Think of all the things that he said and did when he walked the earth. How was Jesus faithful to you even before you walked to this earth?
I just want to read Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's a powerful reminder of God's faithfulness and his steadfast love. God, thank you that you've been so faithful to us even when we're not faithful to you. Thank you that there are so many ways we can be reminded of your love. I pray that as we go from this place, that if we're in a place of of praise where we can really go for it and, and acknowledge you in everything we do, that you would bless that, God, and you would sustain that within our lives. And I pray for those who are struggling. You would help us to see your faithfulness. That you would help us to see your steadfast love. And I would pray that you would inspire us. That you would fill us with your presence. That we would be able to use that inspiration and direct it back at you because you are worthy, Lord, of all glory and all honor and all power and all praise. Amen.